Hey everyone, and welcome to Refinery Life Australia, and welcome to another Tuesday evening teaching. We are so glad that you're here. If you're looking for a new church and you're on the Gold Coast, why don't you come and join us? We meet together at 9.30 and 4pm on Sundays at 23 T.E. Peters Drive at Broadbeach. We'd love to see you. You know, we're a church that we preach the word of God and we're a friendly church. And they're really the only things you need to be looking for. And join me in the Lord's Prayer before we go any further. We pray this every time we meet because when the disciples said to Jesus, teach us how to pray, this was his response. He said, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. What a powerful prayer. We can teach our children that, and they will remember it when they're in their later years. Our new sermon series, which we've been preaching the last couple of weeks, is Jesus Came Preaching. And what did he preach about? Over the coming few weeks, we're going to look at some of the scriptures and the great subjects on which he taught. And today, we're talking about what Jesus preached about his church. The text we're concentrating on is Matthew 16, 18. It says, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And the scripture reading we're working through Matthew 16, 13 to 23, and then Matthew 18, 15 to 20. So let's start in Matthew 16, 13. It's when Peter confesses Jesus as the Christ. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, Who do men say that I am, that I, the Son of Man, am? Verse 14. So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, Simon, son of Jonah. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter. On this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus, the Christ. And then he predicts his death and his resurrection. Look at verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and be raised on the third day. Then Peter took him aside, and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you. Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offence to me. Things of God, but of the things of men. Then look at Matthew 18, 15 through to 20. It talks about dealing with a sinning brother. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you've gained a brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, 
that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses to even hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two or you are gathered, or sorry, if two agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Let's pray for our offering before we go any further. We pray for every time we meet because we want to make sure the funds received, the offerings and the tithes received by this church, God would have them go. Lord, we thank you for a giving church. We thank you that you are our provider and that we have the privilege of giving And Lord, we pray that we can give our whole hearts to you because that's what you're really after. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. More than 100 times in the Gospels, Jesus is reported using terms kingdom, kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. Occasions is he reported using the word church. And that is in Matthew 16, 18. 17. To conclude from this fact, however, that the church is very important and he's thinking, erroneous, it would be wrong. Jesus had promised that the Holy Spirit would guide the disciples into all truth. He added, sorry, the added light thrown on the nature and the purpose of the church by Acts and the epistles is doubtless a fulfillment of Jesus' promise. The purpose of this message, however, today is confined to what Jesus preached about the church. Let's look at some of those things. The first one is the principles and the teachings about the kingdom of God are valid for his church. What Jesus taught about salvation as the received on the basis of repentance and faith is an eternally valid principle. He certainly would not establish a church where salvation could be obtained by some other means. Jesus taught that the kingdom of God is a democracy of equals. Preferred treatment. Greatness in his kingdom will be on the basis of faithful service. Now that might hurt some of you listening. Greatness in his kingdom will be on the basis of faithful service. Surely, Jesus would not establish a church with autocratic principles. Pastor, it's not about you. Jesus taught that a Christian had an obligation to the state. He said in Matthew 22, 21, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and the things of God, and to God the things of God. You are God's. Give yourself to him. The implication is that when the civil authority councils and the religious representatives remain in their proper spheres, in their own lanes, a person can be a good Christian and a good citizen without the conflict that often comes along. Surely our God would not want his church to dominate the state, nor be controlled by it. Jesus clearly taught that it is not 
his disciples' right, nor their responsibility to destroy heretics by force. <coughs> Excuse me, that's his job. He will do that. Jesus intends to conquer, but his weapons are love and truth. He has not established his church to conquer by force. Jesus is Lord. His lordship is undelegated. He hasn't handed it over to you. He would not establish a which he delegates authority to forgive sins or to grant or to withhold salvation. I'm sorry, Catholics. The Pope cannot do it for you. Only God can do it. Everything that Jesus taught in his parables, in the Sermon on the Mount and elsewhere, will be consistent with what he teaches about his church. Every promise and command that applies to a disciple as an individual, for that disciple as a church member. The church is to help Christians do better cooperatively what they desire to do anyway, because they are Christians. We're supposed to work together. Second thing today is Jesus teaches about his church in the scriptures. It was important that the disciples came to believe on Jesus Christ as their Messiah and Lord. In answer to Jesus' direct question in Matthew 16, 15 and 16, he said to them, but who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, of the living God. We all should be able to say that. Jesus was obviously pleased with Peter's reply. Peter was now acting like a rock. A little while earlier he wasn't, was he? Living up to the name that he was given by meeting. Peter was no more actually a rock than a few minutes later. He was actually a devil when he tried to dissuade Jesus from going to that cross. Remember he said, get behind me, Satan. In the first instance, he was acting like a rock. In the second, he was acting like Satan. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, and I also say to you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. The word translated as church is a Greek word that means called out, assembly, or congregation. That's what church means, the church, the word church in Greek. In secular Greek, it was used for the calling out of citizens of the city to transact business. In the Septuagint, it was used for the congregation of Israel assembled before the tabernacle. Christ's church or congregation is composed of all who have been called out of sin salvation. How good is that? That's us, folks. That's you and me. And to build the church on the foundation of men such as Peter and Andrew and James and John and Matthew. And the other apostles who believed in him, he'd already started. And he will continue to build his church of believers. The world keeps telling us that the church is dead. Some may be, but the church of Jesus Christ is alive and well. In a general sense, all the both in paradise and here on earth, not one saved person is missing. This is the true church. It has no power over 
Christ's church. Death has no power. Every member of it has eternal life. Praise God for that. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. The powers of death shall not prevail against it. Jesus is not promising the perpetuity of an institution. Disciple. Jesus used the word church as a local congregation of believers. This is the usage usually found in the scriptures. He is giving practical advice about how to deal with a brother who has sinned against you as a church member. Jesus is talking about how we should deal with each other. You are to take one or two people with you to tell it to the church. Not gossip. Tell it to the church. Matthew 18, 17 says, And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses to even hear the church, let him be like you, to you, sorry, like a heathen and a tax collector. A pagan is to be prayed for and witnessed to, but is not to be left on the church roll. This is some simple instructions. If you don't, not meant to be a member. It's not Gary saying this. This is the Bible telling us. The authority of the local congregation is to worship from somebody who is manifestly not Christian and implies the duty of the congregation to allow only those who profess Christ to become members. Only those who profess Christ are the ones we call brothers and sisters. We're not biker gangs. Not everyone's brother. Only those who profess Christ. As we finish up today, the church has an eternal responsibility as the steward of the gospel. The church has that responsibility. The word Jesus Matthew 16, 19. He also spoke to the church in Matthew 18, 18 and 19. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The steward carried the keys to the building. The keys to the kingdom of heaven are repentance and faith. The church, all believers, entrusted with a gospel of eternal consequences. What people do on earth has eternal results. The responsibility for the gospel is not confined to Peter and to the apostles, but it is a responsibility of the whole church. Folks, that's you and me, whole church. Jesus must respond to the gospel for themselves. I am not responsible for your salvation. You have to respond yourself. It would be a fatal error to push the picture of the keys to mean that the church can save anyone apart from personal faith in Jesus Christ. The church can't get you saved. You can't get that person sitting next to you saved. They need to make a profession of Jesus Christ, the Lord and Saviour. Jesus saves. We are the trustees of salvation. I'm going to let you dwell on that for a week. And I want to encourage you, as I do every time we meet, to be diligent with your Bible study time because God has so much more for us. 
in a church once or twice a week and hearing someone else talk about the Word. You spend time with God, your life will change in amazing ways because God is a Redeemer. There's nothing that's too hard for Him and He can make you whole, spirit, soul and body if you will allow Him to. You're important to God, you know that already, otherwise you wouldn't be watching or listening to this this evening. But you're also important to us at the refinery. So when it comes to prayer, we reveal His promises directly to you. So whatever you're concerned about and you need prayer for, we want to be here for you. Even if you just want to say hi, you can contact us on www.refinerylife.org or via any of our social media channels. And we're believing that this year, 2022, is a year of repentance and of blessings. And we're seeing these blessings flow. We're seeing miracles happen. When we pray, we are expectant and we get an answer quickly. And that's because we are a repentant church. Let me encourage you. If you want to see the blessings, start repenting. And until next time, stay in the blessings.